This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. Tonight is an act of truth-sharing regarding the history of our Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto with the Jewish community, not just the community present here today, but the earlier generations, both those who were students, scientists, staff, and faculty, and also those who missed that opportunity due to exclusive admission policies known as quotas. That's what it sounded like in September of this year when the University of Toronto Faculty of Medicine held an event to apologize for decades of discrimination against Jewish students at the school from the 1920s to the 50s, preventing Jewish medical students from obtaining residencies and even preventing them from being admitted at all. Now, a scholarly paper written by a U of T doctor, Professor Ayelet Cooper, lays out how All this time later, the medical school's Jewish faculty and students are once again dealing with an anti-Semitism problem, including hatred of Jews who publicly support Israel and Zionism. The atmosphere, she writes, impacts Jewish people in many ways, as Jews are now seen as white, privileged oppressors and therefore not deserving of the same equal treatment as Indigenous or Black or other marginalized groups on campus. Here are some examples from her report. Quote, I personally experienced many instances of anti-Semitism, including being told that all Jews are liars, that Jews lie to control the university or the faculty or the world to oppress or hurt others and for other forms of gain, and that anti-Semitism can't exist because everything Jews say are lies, including any claims to have experienced discrimination. More specifically, she writes, I experienced the now common strategy among those at the Temerity Faculty of Medicine who have made what I believe to be anti-Semitic statements to say that any Jew who calls them out is just racist and lying in order to oppress Palestinians, unquote. She also writes that a faculty member accused the school of being in the power of Jews because the donor, who the medical school is named after, James Temerty, must be Jewish. In fact, he's Ukrainian Christian Orthodox. It's not the university that's attacking the Jewish students. It's tolerating attacks on Jewish students and faculty, and it's not doing anything about it. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, December the 12th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. The paper was submitted to the Canadian Medical Education Journal, and it lays out, without naming names, what Cooper personally has encountered on staff at the U of T Medical School, plus what other people have reported to her while she held the job of the chief anti-Semitism advisor to the dean of the medical school. She left that job after a year in June. Half a year has passed. It hasn't been filled since. Dr. Cooper didn't mention any names because, she says, it's too risky for the careers of Jewish teachers and students who complain. Cooper was previously on the working group which the U of T president set up to combat anti-Semitism on campus as a whole. She didn't give us an interview then. She isn't able to do so now. The U of T says it's due to the volume of requests she's getting. But we've put the link to her new report in our show notes so you can read it yourselves. 
Today, I'm joined by two of her colleagues with extensive knowledge of the U of T situation. Both are members of the group DARA, Doctors Against Racism and Anti-Semitism. They've issued a statement demanding the U of T Medical School act to protect Jewish staff and students. Dr. Philip Berger is an associate professor at the medical school, and Dr. Steve Samuel is a surgeon and a graduate of the U of T. Okay, so can we get into the weeds here a little bit with your own personal knowledge and experiences and anecdotes of what it's like to work and study at this faculty of medicine? It seems from her report, and some of the things she said were shocking, but is it really that bad in there? Like what? And then why would people want to go there if it's bad like that for Jews? So let's hear. Well, I, I can try to answer that. It's not that there's anti-Semitic incidents or comments hour by hour in the faculty. These tend to take place in various uh, domains where students are taught, the teaching hospitals, clinics, etc. I can tell you this year, I've experienced two direct incidents of anti-Semitism. One was talking about a researcher who is a Jewish white male who is an unethical researcher, but he was labeled as a Jewish researcher. And the other one was someone saying Jews shouldn't complain because they have all these leadership positions in the faculty of medicine. They're doing perfectly fine. Thank you. That was just this year. There's not been a year that's gone by where some comment, I guess one would label it as a microaggression, has been made against Jews in front of me, including, by the way, from the chair of a board of a major teaching hospital. Uh, students, I can tell you, we've spoken to them, are afraid to identify themselves as Zionists, to declare that Zionism is part of their Jewish identity. I know a number of colleagues who are really afraid to express any solidarity with Israel, even though they might be critical of government policies, they are afraid to declare that they support the existence of a Jewish state. It's unsafe to do that in the faculty. And if one does, it leads to ostracism and really expulsion from any type of progressive causes in the faculty. And Dr. Samuel, what personal knowledge do you have of what it's like to be Jewish in that place? Um, well, my experience uh, over the last 40 years or more uh, has not exposed me directly to anti-Semitism except a very, very significant event that occurred to me when I was a junior resident in 1978, I was a junior resident in surgery, and my supervising surgeon, once during a hallway conversation, uh, said to me that the Jews deserved what they got because they were all communists. I, now, I was shocked, and I was in a position of total... Uh, powerlessness and didn't didn't uh, deal with this issue until about a year ago when I ran across that surgeon's name uh, which I will not of course uh, expound here in any case uh, students have approached Dara over the last couple of years especially following the the last war in Gaza and uh expressed to us that they're afraid that what they see on on rounds are events such as this. And this is not just coming from uh, their, their co-students. For example, if you're making rounds with, uh, with the superior teacher 
and you're presenting a patient and in your description of the case, you'd say this 70-year-old child of Holocaust survivors or this 65-year-old uh, Israeli-born uh, woman and, the, and your supervisor rolls his eyes up, that speaks volumes as to the as as to what he feels about that student uh the other issue is the fact that all universities and of course now many many industries and and businesses have edi edi offices equality diversity and inclusion quality right? diversity and inclusion and these are the people assigned by the those institutions that are supposed to be the ear of, of uh, students or employees who are being attacked. They're the ones who you're supposed to go to for help. Well, it turns out that many of the EDI people appointees are themselves perpetrators. For example, uh, I can show you a picture of a tweet uh, of an individual who is an EDI lead who describes, which shows uh, uh, in the, someone who purports to be Jewish, who, pretend, who appears to be Jewish, uh, holding a puppet of the former Prime Minister of Canada, indicating that the Jews are manipulating, are powerful and manipulating the Canadian government. This is an EDI lead, okay? So if a student who is being intimidated or harassed is to see this this uh, tweet. How comfortable will they feel to go to that individual and say, look, I was attacked for being a Zionist. Will they be able to do so? No. The universities, so th that's, those are examples. I, I think that it's obvious that students approach DERA uh, for help because they couldn't get it where it's supposed to be given. We know, we watched it, we've covered it, that the university, including Professor G Dr. Gertler, did come publicly maybe a year or so ago and said, you know, we had a, they had a ceremony where the report was conveyed publicly. The anti-Semitism working group's report was publicly handed over. I watched it. He said, you know, we've got you. We're going to do better. Two months ago in September, the university's uh, medical faculty apologized in a ceremony for not allowing doctors to study there in the 40s, right? So there's these very public events and then there's this disconnect. Can you explain that for me? The working group, in my view, was just a cover for failing to do anything concrete and real to protect students. And Dr. Cooper's article is solid evidence of that. The working group would not consider the adoption of the IRA definition, despite the fact that 100 Canadian Jewish communal organizations have called for its widespread adoption. It has been in five provinces in Canada. As to the apology, it was interesting. Professor Gertler was there, but was silent. If you look at the United States where apologies have been done, it's usually the president of the university, not the dean who issues an apology on behalf of a terrible policy in the past. They are, for some reason, perplexing to me, afraid to take it on. Until they do, no Jew student or faculty can feel safe in that university. They're not. Yeah, they're, they can go study and they'll write their exams, etc., etc., not being physically assaulted, 
kicked out of classes like happened decades and centuries ago in Europe. But there's a feeling of discomfort, existential discomfort, being on that campus. All that uh, DERA and other groups that are concerned about this issue have been pushing for is that, number one, Jewish students and faculty uh, be recognized as an at-risk group, the same as other identified at-risk groups are, and be protected in the same way. Uh, th there are policies already existing in the universities and the faculties uh, of medicine uh, uh, policy pages, which can be invoked and can be used, but they are not, where it comes to Jews, uh, they, are not, uh, they are not enacted, they are not enforced. The administration, both at the university level and at the faculty level, are intimidated by, by uh, those, those Jew haters from acting, even if they know that this is, this is the right thing to do to protect Jews uh, on campus the same as other groups are. Dr. Berger, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I hear what you're saying. Do you think most Jewish students who come to U of T care whether the school adopts IRA or not, or whether they would just like to have a safe and inclusive environment for them to study when I, they apply? Do you know what I mean? I don't think Dr. Cooper's report talks more about IRA than any of the other microaggressions. I think you're right. Uh, from, what I under, from what I understand, uh, there was not even that much support among Jewish students at UT for adopting the IRA definition. I mean, I, we think it's a good definition. It may be just a convenient distraction for the university to fail to act on the numerous and escalating incidents of anti-Semitism. You know, I suppose that maybe I'm out of line here that they actually did something real like, for example, publicly repudiate and denounce that 45 faculty letter, which assailed Professor Cutler, but didn't move in the IRA definition, it still would be a major advance. But I, I, I think you're right. I don't think you got to pick are... your battles, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I would think that the main stereotype, if you ask most people in Canada, they would think, well, the U of T, all the doctors are Jewish and they're great doctors, surgeons, uh, specialists, right? So then, then you have this with that at the training level and on the campus, they're having a heck of a hard time, whereas when they're already out in the community, they're doing great work and saving lives. So that stereotype about having a good Jewish doctor, even Doug Ford talked about it, if you remember. <laughs> the attacks are not coming from the university, obviously, but the administration has to protect Jewish students and faculty in the same way as it protects other groups from being attacked by ignorant and, uh, and vicious individuals or groups who don't really care even about the university's reputation. So do you think there's a, a I guess, malicious or nefarious reason why the position of anti-Semitism uh, lead in the school that Dr. Cooper filled hasn't been filled since June? I think you have to ask the dean. I don't like to speculate generally. It just does not look good along with everything else that's gone on. And there's been no explanation for it. Dr. Cooper was really the last line of defense for Jewish learners and faculty against the rising anti-Semitism. She is gone. There's no replacement. And it's clear in contrast to communities where there are assigned EDI leads, Jews don't have one anymore and have been left on their own. Mm -hmm.
The U of T's medical school dean did issue a comment saying that's not who we are, that's not how the school is, and promised to stand with Jewish staff and students and do better. There were no specific commitments made or any concrete examples of what the U of T medical school is going to do. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Don't forget, you're cordially invited to attend our CJN Hanukkah party and magazine launch. It's Thursday, December 15th at 7.30 in Toronto at the Prosserman JCC at Bathurst and Shepherd. There'll be treats and music and live tapings of several interviews for podcasts, both for mine and for Bonjour Chai. You have to RSVP for security reasons. So if you're coming, please email me at ebesner at thecjn.ca so we can put you on the guest list and give you the directions. And today's listener shout-out goes to Judy Weinberg of Toronto. Remember I told you she had a heartwarming encounter recently with some yeshiva bachers in Toronto? Well, I've asked her to tell you about it in her own words. So here it is. Thanks for listening. For years, a beloved aunt had told me that there was a yeshiva on Lawrence West that used to be on College Street called the Yeshiva Torah Chaim, and the rabbi was Rabbi Price. When it relocated, what went with the shul were the memorial plaques that were on the walls, and one of them was in memory of my Zeta. Now that I live in that in the area, whenever I go by, I look up hoping I will sense some activity, but to no avail. I have also tried to call and got no response. I just wanted to see and touch this plaque. Last week, I was walking east on Lawrence at Bathurst, and some yeshiva bochers were standing outside, and I stopped to ask them if they study at that yeshiva, and they said yes, and I told them my story. They immediately said I couldn't go in, which I already knew, and I asked them if they had zetas, and how would they feel if they couldn't access the plaque. They asked me for the name of my zeta, and the approximate time of his death, which I could give them. I figured that would be the end of that, and I continued on my merry way to the closest bus stop. About eight to ten minutes later, I feel this rush of two young people coming at me on the sidewalk, on bikes, and it was these two young men. They took the plaque off the wall, with permission, I'm sure, and hunted me down, they brought it so I could take a photo of it. I was so fucklimped by this gesture. Was that a mitzvah or what? The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.